Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 11 to 1 show. The stars and stripes are flying. The red carpet is rolled out. Excitement is well and truly building as US President Joe Biden is coming to the wee county. More details about this on the way. First, here's some music from Kim Wilde. Keep me hanging on on 11 to 1. Kim Wilde. You keep me hanging on 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. You can get in touch 086-1800-658. You know I love to hear from you. And uh, the phones will be hopping around Carlingford, no doubt, because we're trying to get through to a lot of different people in Carlingford this morning about what's going on, what's happening, what's the buzz like, all of that. Uh, uh, Because, of course, uh, the US President Joe Biden is visiting. Big, big excitement. This is the first uh, presidential visit uh, from an American president since Bill Clinton. So, you know, there's a lot of, it's a big, big buzz around the place and uh, we are getting information that he is going to visit Carling for tomorrow afternoon and will get a tour of King John's Castle. Uh, so we do know that. So I, I have been told that area is a good place to kind of hang around if you want to get a spot uh, to, to see Joe Biden. Uh, also, he's going to finish his trip in County Leith and Dundalk sort of around mid to late afternoon. There's going to be a walkabout in the town centre as well. So of course expect a lot of traffic restrictions high security around as well uh, so people uh, can you know line out as well around that area to, to see him as well and uh, of course as well he's going to be paying a visit to his ancestral home and uh, as well, he's going to visit, uh, well, they're talking about that he will visit the graveyard there uh, at Kilwira Cemetery in Templetown, uh, which is about a little outside Carlingford as well. Uh, now, I did hear reports as well that uh, Ruby Ellen's tea rooms in Carlingford, who run an all-day breakfast, they are, you know, making sure that the bacon will be crispy, that the eggs will be done perfectly in the hopes that Joe Biden might just indulge in an all-day breakfast there. I mean, look at who knows, you know, it does, who knows where he's going to go. But uh, we will be on the trail, that is for sure. And uh, very, very much excitement uh, in around all of this. And uh, if you have any information on this, by the way, uh, if you are expecting him or if you know just that little bit, you know, that nice little nugget of a story, I would very much appreciate it on 86 658 Now, Coming up on the show, very excited to meet this lady because, like a lot of people, I like things to be organised, but I'm one of these people that, you know, 
I'm a bit lazy when it comes to sort of clearing things out and getting things organised and structured. And Chloe Litchfield, I have been following her. Revitalise Your Home is uh, her Instagram. I've been following her on Instagram and it is so satisfying watching her clean up stuff. Oh my God. She, like talk about, she walks into like chaos in people's houses and just transforms them with her brilliance, her amazing organisational skills and really clever storage. She's going to have some hacks for us as well on storage, that kind of thing. And we're going to chat to her all about how does this work? She's a professional personal organiser. She's in demand. And uh, we're going to be chatting to her very shortly on the show as well. And of course, great music like this, Hosier. Hosier, take me to church. The Drada Male Voice Choir and David Leddy are inviting you to the Church of St. Mary's Church in Drogheda this coming Friday. What is going on? Well, they are performing a special charity concert there and uh, they're doing this to raise funds for the Turkey-Syrian UNICEF Earthquake Disaster Fund. A donation of 20 quid will be accepted at the door. All of the proceeds going directly there to that cause. They're going to have a special guest, um, a soprano Andrea Delaney will be there. Councillor Michelle Hall, Mayor of Drogheda, will also host the concert and the, the choir say that witnessing the terrible consequences of the earthquake disaster in Turkey and Syria the lads in the choir felt a need to do something by way of showing their support in some way on behalf of the people of Drada to help the victims so look I've been I've hosted events for these guys I've been to rehearsals with these guys I've been to Christmas shows and other shows with these guys they are phenomenal phenomenal they are just brilliant the the music that they provide and you're guaranteed you're in for quite the treat so that special concert happening this coming Friday in St Mary's Church at 8pm 20 quid on the door and all going towards that great cause now on the way I've got music from Lewis Capaldi for you The 11 to 1 show You know me as Sinead but what about Ruth or Aoife Brazel? Yeah, they were names that my parents considered. Uh, or if I had my own choice, Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. <laughs> no, that's a step too far. Why am I talking about this? Well, one in ten Irish adults admit they would change their first name if given the opportunity. Interesting research on the way for you. I'll bring a call. Everything is pointless without you. Lewis Capaldi, Pointless on LMFM's 11 to 1. I don't think I would change my name. I am fairly happy with the name Sinead. But uh, no no offence to Roots and Ifas, but that was one of the choices or a couple of choices that my uh, parents had. And I was like, oh, good thing you went with Sinead. That's just me. That's just me. But apparently, one in ten Irish adults admit that they would change their first name given the opportunity. Now, some people might go the drastic route, like a certain character in Friends. Remember this episode? (laughs) Oh, not anymore. I changed it today. Oh, I'm sorry. Mrs. Hannigan. Wrong again. (laughs) Apparently, you can change it to anything you want. So I thought, all right, here's an opportunity to be creative. So, meet Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. (laughs) No, we won't be changing it quite to that extreme of a thing. But uh, MyNameTags.ie, they undertook a special survey and discovered 
something very interesting. So one in 10 Irish people would change their birth name uh, if they could. So 14% of those surveys said they would change their first name if they had a chance. Also, uh, they revealed that... um, Names really do play a major part in people's perception with a surprisingly high 57% of those surveyed admitted that they had a negative first impression of someone they never met simply by their name. Interesting. But what sort of, that's got me thinking now. So like what kind of name, you know, like, okay, so, you know, would something like, I don't know, like a Brittany have a certain connotation or... I don't know. I don't know. That's just a name that's come into my mind. Sorry, Britney's. Uh, 45% also felt that other people had a certain perception of them because of their own first name as well. Interesting. Uh, when asked if their name was trendy, tradition or traditional even, or old-fashioned, 41% revealed that they felt their name was uh, very traditional, while 30% felt that their name was outdated or old-fashioned. I do know somebody that feels that their name is a bit old fashioned. Not going to name them. What are your feelings around your name? Do you like your name? Would you change your name if you had the chance? Do you feel like your name was sort of, you know, very outdated and, you know, not very trendy? Would you like something a bit of cooler sounding? Let me know. 086-1800-658. Not surprisingly, uh, the survey revealed the favourite girl's name from the most popular names to be Emily. Emily is still up there as being very, very fashionable and popular. I don't know if that's kind of got to do with maybe Emily in Paris, you know, that series that's on Netflix. Very, very glamorous. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I do love the name Emily as well. Also followed very closely by Grace, 28%. And for boys, the favourite boys' names were James at 32% and Noah at 25%. Yeah, I can see those names being sort of classics. I don't see James becoming really out of fashion, you know. Don't see that happening. Uh, but let me know your thoughts on your name. Do you like your name? Would you love to change it? Um, are you not a fan of it? Let me know. 86 658 there's the script uh, on 086-1800-658. You are getting in touch about your names. We will get to that. I promise you that. And if you're like me and look, at, I have full intentions to be clean and organised and not to accumulate clutter, but that doesn't often happen. And I would love if there was just sort of a magic fairy that would come into my house and just instantly clean things for me. Well, she's sitting in front of me. We're going to meet her. Chloe Litchfield, she's a professional uh, organiser. She has a Revitalise Your Home is her business. She's based in Dundalk. We're going to meet her next. The 11 to 1 show. Hands up if you have a junk drawer in your house. You know the drawer, you shove everything into it. You probably need to tug it open as well just to get into it. Yeah, there's more than one of those in my house. And in fact, it takes all my strength to prevent half of my wardrobe tumbling out as I select my clothes for the day. Like a lot of people, I've accumulated clutter. But whilst I like things neat and organised, I'm too busy. And yeah, okay, too lazy to organise it. But my first guest this morning is like having your own personal Monica from Friends who just breezes into your house, surveys the clutter and makes it all disappear into nice, neat, organised storage solutions. She's a professional organiser. She's based in Dundalk. She will revitalise your home. I'm delighted to be joined by Chloe Litchfield. She's with me, Chloe. Hello. So lovely to have you. How are Thank you? you. Hello, Sinead. Good morning. How are you? I am doing great. All the better now that, that you're here. Now, I'm describing this as a scenario there that you must see all the time. You know, the, the, the messy drawers, mm-hmm. the messy wardrobe. Are you twitching at the sound of my mess? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually the opposite. I love that. Like me all over. Um, 
you know, when I hear those people that are kind of struggling and even you saying the junk drawer, to me, it's, as you said, like the Monica, I love it. Um, and I suppose that's how I got into it all because I do absolutely just have that passion for it. But um, yeah, even having the chat with you, I just would love to get in and sort out that junk drawer for you. <laughs> Fantastic music to my ears. Now, you worked in the finance sector, very different side mm-hmm. of your, yourself before you uh, set up the business. Talk to me about how this all happened. How did Revitalise Your Home come about? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my job was very much the nine to five corporate life um, for the last, I suppose, five, six years. Um, and as much as I loved my job, one part of it was, um, you know, it's tough. It's, you know, nine to five, working full time. It's hard. You're busy. Um, and I suppose I was finding myself kind of running out of time. Um, I found, you know, again, you're done work, you get home, you're cleaning, you're cooking. You're trying to keep on top of everything. Um, and I just thought to myself, surely there is something that can change here. You know, how do I get out of this? Um, and it was coming from, so I have obviously a passion for organising and decluttering. Um, you know, uh, my friends will tell you, I go into their house for a cup of tea and they're like, don't be looking in the press. <laughs> um, I'm looking in or even when I go over to my mum's for a cup of tea, I'm saying, mum, I just sort that out for you. Um, but yeah, I had a passion for decluttering and organising. And then, as I said, when I found myself just kind of really looking for that time and wondering how the hell do people do it? And the people do people don't but that's when I said okay I felt there really was a niche or there was a gap um, that I could solve and that was through decluttering and organising so of course I would love it and I would be I suppose happier in my job personally but also if I'm feeling like this so are other people Um, so how do I take that pressure away from people how do I give them back time how do I give them back energy and that was where the idea of Revitalise Your Home came from um, so the uh, from a, a passion and a filling a need, that's um, that's, that's started the journey. Together. Yeah, and fair play to you because it's such a leap of faith. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 leave this very steady structured job to to branch out on your own. Did yeah. you get nervous? Did you feel? Oh yeah, God, what of am course. I, I mean, still today, uh, you know, there is days, and you know, it's just me running the business. So as a small business owner, um, it is. It's tough. You know, there's days, and you think, God, what am I doing? Um, will I just go back and get a job? But um, no, it's, that's just, I suppose, not who I am. It's um, your passion. Yeah, it really is such a strong passion and I know I can get there. Um, yeah, you just have to believe in yourself, I suppose, when you look at that side of, of starting a business. But yeah, it has its challenges, but um, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going strong. Oh, fair play <laughs> to you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the uh, like when it comes to, say, um, coming into somebody's house, so, so talk me th- through the whole process. How does it all work? How does, yeah. the, the, does it go from a consultation, first of all? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you feel that your home maybe is getting on top of you, maybe you're finding that you're always, you know, trying to tidy your home, trying to do your housework, um, or even just that you don't have the time, um, or you would rather spend the time on spending with your friends and your family, and you could think, okay, I could declare it this weekend, but you know, I'd rather do something else, which is totally understandable. Um, that's yeah, so that's where I come in. So you can reach out to me on social media, emails, my website, whatever way you contact me, and we arrange a consultation. Um, and that is either in your home or it's either over the phone, just depending on you know what time suits you and where you're located. So if you're in Galway, for example, it might be more feasible for me to have a chat with you over the phone. Um, and then you know the in-home visit, of course. So during the consultation, we have a chat, um, and I get to know you, your needs, what you want, what you're struggling with, you know what, um, what you need the help with, and then I will, of course, advise how I can help. 
help, how I can benefit you, the changes I can make to you personally. Um, and that's so important with the consultation. Like it's about you and you only. Yeah. Um, it's about you, you know, your routines, your family, what you want to change, you know, what's going on in your life and different things um, and how we can adjust your home to suit you and your family. Um, I love that aspect of it because it's not just like that you swoop in and mm-hmm. you organise, which of course is the big part of it. But yeah. it's very much you're there with people as part of the process. You're there to educate people so they don't fall back into the cluttering, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I was to just come in and organise and declutter your home, fantastic, you know, great, it's still a good service, but in a few months' time, what's going to happen? Is it going to go back to the way it was? Um, or, you know, is this going to have to be, a, you know, are you going to have to, well, you always do have to declutter. Yeah. Um, you know, you do. And it's um, it's not a once-off you know, action or unfortunately, it is something you need to be mindful of. But, you know, as you mentioned, yes, during my service, it's about educating the, the customer um, educating them towards buying, educating them towards, you know, thinking before you bring things into your home. And I suppose the education um, around, you know, to keep it up, you know, yeah, um, absolutely. try to do it every so often. But yeah, so once, you know, once I do the in-home service, um, you know, the, that's your full declutter, organise. You know, it's a full session that's done. So what may be needed when I say about the upkeep is maybe in a few months' time, maybe in three, six months, you might need to just do a little 15-minute revitalise. Yeah. So you might need to set your timer 15 minutes and just double-check, are you closed? Do you still love them all? Are they still, you know, is it still the way it is? You need to maybe switch your hangers around to make it look that little bit nicer. You know, what do you need to do? But the systems, I have put them in place. They're there. They work oh, for that's, you. That's, that's so, fantastic. And I've, I've, as I mentioned to you when you came in the door, I'm having just like a, a lovely time looking at your Instagram where mm-hmm. I just get to see things put away and it's lovely. It's so lovely for your mental health to see clutter just disappear. Yeah. You have so many hacks. Uh, one of them I love is you don't um, store jeans the same way the rest of us store <laughs> jeans in the wardrobe. Tell us about this. Yeah, well, do you know... Um it as again, it goes back to it really depends on, you know, the client and who they are and what your routine is. So I mean, as you were saying, you saw the the hack about the jeans and how I fold them. So for me that works. I only have about four or five pairs. So for me when I have them um in those boxes it works really well. I can see them and the way I fold them is usually so that the the back pocket will be up because that's usually where the, the logo or the label of a lot of jeans are. Yeah. So for some people and even for me, I like to know Right, what you know? Of course, which jeans are these? Are these going to be the skinny ones, or are these? You know, so you know these, what ones are Easter jeans. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. like, okay, not wearing them <laughs> ones. Um, for me, it's just leggings all the time. <laughs> done with jeans. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what works for me, and I love that. For other people, they do like them uh, hanging up. Yeah. Um. So of course, I have a hack for that as well. How to hang them up? But yeah, it really depends on your routines and what way you like it and what space you have as well. Well, this is the thing, yeah. If you have a tiny wardrobe, if you have a if you have a big one, do you find as well the majority of the time that when you when you meet uh, clients and you have that initial consultation and you go through all the stuff, mm-hmm. is it impulse buys that a lot of the clutter is? That's why a lot of the clutter is accumulated there. Yeah, it can be. Um, like it can be impulse buys. It can be they don't know how to let go of items. Mm. It could be they have an attachment to items and, you know, people have an attachment to a top. Um, it could bring back a lot of memories. So it's not just about those real, you know, sentimental things. Like a lot of things can bring up memories. So, yeah, it's it's a mix of impulse buying, um, maybe, as I said, not knowing or they don't have the time to yeah. declutter. 
absolutely. They could have absolutely wanted. They just don't know where to start. Um, do and know? because like some of the places that you you go into, and there, there's such an, a huge amount of clothes, say, or th- different things, it can be overwhelming. It yeah. really, really can. And actually, we should mention as well that uh, Chloe reached out to us when uh, the wonderful Maria Macklin, our image consultant, was on with us chatting about uh, the impulse buying around, uh, sending things back online, that kind of thing. So you're very, very passionate about sustainability and preventing all this as well. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Um, that's, you know, as I mentioned with the decluttering and in the service that I offer, the in-home decluttering organising service, I do also want to, as you mentioned, educate you on how to think when you're buying. Yeah. Um, and as you said, you know, when you're in the shop, when you're in Dunn's, wherever you are, we really need to be thinking about what we're buying um, and that's what I want to focus on. You know, if you continue, if I declutter and organise your home, it's all lovely. But if you continue to buy new tea towels yeah. every week, buy a new top, treat yourself or even when it comes to the kids, you know, maybe you've been working all week and you say, OK, I'll treat the kids and you're buying them toys and whatever the case may be. Like if that continues, think of all those items then coming into your home. Um, it's going to the cycle is going to continue. So either I have to come into you every few months, or you we just need Make to a think. Changes. Yeah, yeah, we need to think. And there's no need. Um, like whenever I decided, well, well before I I got into starting my own business, um, of course I was on the decluttering organizing journey, and I really was trying to I suppose simplify my life. Yeah. Um. And when I say that, I don't mean that I'm living with nothing. You know, my house has plenty of stuff inside it. But I'm just thinking about what I actually need. Um, and I used to be a person years ago um, that would go into town and you'd pick up a jumper and you'd say, oh, it's the weekend, you know, I'll pick up this. Or mm. if you're going out, you'd buy yourself a new dress and you'd be saying you're treating yourself. And yes, you may be able to afford to buy that item. But the way I look at it now is one part of it is, you know, yes, you can afford to buy the items now. But can you really afford that long term storage of it? Like, can you really afford the effects of it? Um, The effects of it in your home? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, like, as I mentioned there, the Instagram, it's absolutely amazing just watching it. Do you find as well that like a weight lifts from clients? Like, I mean, we talk about the the Marie Kondo effect, you know, this idea of how clutter really impacts your mental health. Do you Mm -hmm. see that firsthand? Oh, absolutely. Um, I see it instantly and all of my like all of my clients have actually reached out and said um, 90% of them have said how they can feel the mental health benefits yeah Um, you know for me even just you know doing the session I can feel already I can feel you know you can really just feel just I suppose like positivity Mm. You can feel it. And what a lot of my clients say is that they can really, you know, when it's been decluttered, it's been organised, they can really just feel free. Yeah. They feel they're just like more comfortable. They feel just less stressed. And those are the benefits. You know, the benefits are increased productivity, increased, Mm. you know, positive relationships. I mean, even seeing that space, you know, that was once messy and then looking at it all so neatly. And I have to to say, Chloe has the most amazing storage solutions. (laughs) I mean, I mentioned in one gene hack here, but she has so many hacks that she can uh, uh, incorporate into your your own life. If people want to get in touch, if they want to reach out, how can they reach you, Chloe? Yeah, they can reach me on the website, which is revitalizeyourhome.com. 
Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Revitalize Your Home. And the email address is um, info at revitalizeyourhome.net. You can also phone me if you want. You can reach me anyway, <laughs> whatever way you want. You can phone me as well. Uh, my number's up there on the website. Um, you know, the website, I'd say, would be your go-to. Yeah. There's a contact form and all the information's on the website. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, listen, I wish you the very best of luck. I'm going to keep scrolling to your Instagram just for like my own good health and mental well-being. But thank you so, so much for joining us Thanks a million. Thank you, Sinead. Thank you so much. Chloe Litchfield there. As she said, revitalizeyourhome.com. That's the main one to go to. If you want to check out the Instagram, I highly recommend it. Revitalize Your Home on Instagram as well. The 11 to 1 Show. There's Miley Cyrus with The Climb. Pray for Our Sinners, it's a documentary about how some brave people in Naval stood up against the Catholic Church. We're going to be chatting to journalist and director of the film, Sinead O'Shea, who's from Navin herself. The film is going to be released April 21st. We'll chat to Sinead after 12. The 11 to 1 show. Ed Sheeran, Lego House on LMFM's 11 to 1, Dundalk Women's Shed, our moving house. Yeah, they're moving their meeting place from Oriel Centre, Dundalk Jail to the Wellington Hall. Uh, that's on St Mary's Road. And the first meeting in their new venue is going to happen on Monday next, April 17th. They're going to have a talk on self-defence, followed by tea and a chat. Also, their walking group continues to meet weekly and the shed now has its own book club as well that meets in the library. So they are inviting all women aged over 18 in Dundalk and the surrounding areas uh, to join them. New members are always welcome and you can find out more Dundalk Women's Shed uh, on Facebook but they are moving to St Mary's Road to the Wellington Hall there and that first meeting is going to happen next Monday April 17th. Now from local news to celebrity news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. The weekend has teased fans with his next track. It seems to sample John Lennon's Jealous Guy. Here's what he posted. to Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn breaking up has begun. The stars broke up after six years this weekend. Despite the rumours of marriage, reps are saying it's untrue. Apparently, they just drifted apart. Lewis Capaldi says he'll never get into acting. Lewis said he did a video for Pointless, which never actually got released. Acting, I'm just not... It's not on the cards. I, I, I shot a music video recently um, for a song that I brought out called Pointless that never actually made it out because I can't... I have a real problem looking at people's faces and being like, it just it feels so odd to me. I look so stiff and weird. Um, there was what, like an agent once who asked me about like a comedy agent lady who was talking about something to do with films and that, but I haven't. Um, yeah, I won't be. I won't be doing a Harry Styles anytime soon, and and and, and you know conquering the world of acting I think for now I'm, I'm staying firmly in my lane in case unless the unless the music work dries up in which case I'll take the cash from anywhere that's the buzz I'm Crossy the buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app oh I could see him acting in a comedy Lewis Capaldi I think that would work absolutely here's share for you
There, Cher, if I could turn back time, we are going back in time now and not that far back because uh, the subject that we're going to be talking about is still very much in the forefront of our minds. In the midst of COVID in 2021, journalist and documentary filmmaker Sinead O'Shea found herself returning to her hometown of Navin to tell a very difficult story. This is the result of it. It's Pray for Our Sinners. It's going to be released on April 21st. Here's a taster of the trailer for you. I just feel angry with the people who tore up this whole empire. And the whole empire designated to punishing girls. I want to tell a story about a small town, my hometown, which is in the middle of Ireland. It's a story about power and resistance. It was just so unusual for anybody to speak out in those days. They're mad about me showing up the Christian brothers. No, I wouldn't go to my and baby home. No newspaper in Ireland had the balls to publish anything against them. The problem is exaggerated beyond doubt. Have you ever been in a classroom in school where slapping was not done? No. Phone calls clear out of Navan. One morning we came down and the four tires in the car were slashed. They probably thought they'd win with me in the finish, you know, and they'd throw in the towel and say, this is it, but it wasn't going to go to be that way, you know. I said all along, she doesn't need a home. She has a home. It pulls no punches, as Screen Daily uh, says in its description of it. It's a harrowing documentary. I watched it last night. Pray for our sinners. We're going to meet the do- documentary filmmaker and journalist Sinead O'Shea after these. The 11 to 1 show. In the midst of COVID pandemic in 2021, journalist and documentary filmmaker Sinead O'Shea found herself returning home to Navin to interview Dr. Mary Randalls for a documentary which started out being about her husband, the late Dr. Patrick Randalls, an extraordinary man who was compelled to stand up against the Catholic Church. She didn't expect to discover that in addition to Patrick and his wife, Dr. Mary Randalls, other residents in Navin also stood up to the injustices inflicted by the Catholic Church, which then, of course, controlled all aspects of life in the town. Pray for Our Sinners, the documentary recounts the experiences of Mary, Betty and Ethna about the brutal treatment of young unmarried pregnant women who were separated from their families and placed in mother and baby homes. A fourth subject, Norman, details how as a boy he was routinely beaten in school until he and his mother went public, again with the support of Dr Patrick Randalls about the brutality of corporal punishment in schools. Pray for Our Sinners is going to be on general release April 21st. There's special screenings happening next week in Navan and I'm delighted to be joined by the talented director behind the lens, Sinead O'Shea. She's on the line. Sinead, thank you so much for taking the time. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Now, there is so much to unpack in this documentary and I know that the chat is going to really just barely scratch the surface here, Sinead, but bring me back to the start. What triggered this whole investigation into Dr. Patrick Randalls? Well, actually, it was an old school friend of mine, Sinead, Sinead McGuire as I knew her then um, she was working as mayor of Navan and so she and her fellow councillors had worked to get a bench erected in honour of Dr Paddy Randalls and so I was talking to her about it and she said you know he was an amazing man you should have a look into his story maybe I just made a 
film called A Mother Brings Her Son to Be Shot and she said maybe that could be your next film and so I started to look into it and I did I thought it was a very good story um, but Dr. Paddy had passed away and I was, so I was talking to his wife Dr. Mary instead and um, you know Dr. Mary she's a very modest person so we'd have these kind of casual conversations and then eventually bit by bit she began to reveal that you know she had done extraordinary things and that you know, the work they had done wasn't just to do a corporal punishment, but it was to do with mother and baby homes and contraception as well. So that was the start of it. It was kind of a slow, slow at the start. Yeah, a slow burner. And absolutely, as you, you mentioned, and you can get a, a sense of that when you watch the, the, the film, Dr. Mary Randalls doesn't volunteer information too readily. No. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth that we, you know, that between the two of you. But then she, she drops this bombshell. So talk to me how you got the, the bombshell out of her initially uh, when it came to the mother and baby home situation. Yeah, well, I mean... I just don't even know if she'd ever have mentioned it to me, only that the mother and baby home report came out in 2021 in that January. And, you know, obviously it was really shocking. People were very upset. It showed that nearly 9,000 babies had died in the mother and baby homes during the years of operation. So I was just talking to her and um, she just said, you know, quite casually, she was like, when I think of all the girls that used to stay here, you know, in our house, then we'd hide them from the mother and baby homes. And they had quite an elaborate system. They'd hide girls there. And then the girls would write home letters to their parents. But Mary would send these letters to her brother in London, who would send them to the girls' parents with a London postmark on them so that parents wouldn't know where they were. Anyway, I was like, what? (laughs) And when were you going to mention this? But, you know, I wonder, would she ever have mentioned this if it hadn't been for that report? Absolutely. And and this, it goes for, I suppose, all of the people that feature in this documentary to, to an extent. They are, you know, these incredibly brave people so uh, brave, with, yeah. with these stories that are just, you know, underneath the surface of these very kind of quiet, unassuming demeanours yeah. that they, they presented. Yeah. Absolutely. But but talk to me about Mary and Patrick, because these uh, this couple are doctors living and working in Navin. And Patrick particularly went very much above and beyond in terms of his patients and uh, the vulnerable in the, in the community. Yeah, they really did, you know, and um, the quietness and the modesty is, is all a part of it too. So, you know, even actually when it came to the mother and baby homes, you know, Paddy would loan his car to people who wanted to go and visit their partners in the mother and baby homes. Um, you know, they they treated people. Then when it came to corporal punishment, which was this issue in Navan as it was in towns all over Ireland but you know as Mary says that was the town they were living in um, you know he was getting a lot of children coming into his surgery with injuries and he, he didn't know what they were about because the children weren't explaining them and then one day this little boy came in with a broken arm and his mother asked Paddy if he could write a note asking the teacher to beat the little boy on the arm that wasn't broken and so this was kind of for Paddy. Yeah. Oh God, you know. And mm. uh, so he went into the school to say to the teacher, "Look, what's going on here?" Like this, is a little nine-year-old. And um, the teacher said, "Well, it was the headmaster." Paddy was talking to. He said, "Well, actually, would you like to see what I beat the children with?" And so the headmaster showed him his array of tools that he used to beat the children. So he obviously wasn't very open to the idea of being chained about his treatment of the children. Um, so that was kind of 
the starting battle. Um, and then, as you see, it really escalated. Oh, it's, it, really, it really, really does escalate. And I mean, at the time, I mean, like you hear stories of, you know, kids who might have gotten, you know, slapped by teachers or beaten up by teachers and then they came home. And by God, you didn't say that you got bet up at school because you could get another beaten at home. But yeah, with this, yeah. this boy, Norman, who is just amazing and, and, you know, his life was just utterly devastated by what happened to him in the, in the school. It had such a, a, a ripple effect for him in terms of his adult life and everything going forward. Tell us about him because he's the little boy uh, that visited uh, Patrick Randalls and also his amazing mother who I know, I stood mean, up to the church. enough for her. Yeah. You know, like she's extraordinary because, you know, in a way, you can argue Paddy and Mary, they were doctors and, you know, they were kind of insulated from some of it to yeah. an extent. Whereas Norman's mother, you know, her neighbours shunned her, everyone shunned her, everyone gave out to her, you know, she was summoned in. So I'm skipping ahead here, but like basically Paddy eventually went to the newspapers in England about the story of how children were being beaten in schools. Because and of course nobody here would publish no, that. No, of course not, no. Um, and so the newspapers were being released in kind of weekly editions. And so when the next edition was due out, Norman's mother was summoned to the parochial house in Navan and the bishop was there to see her and she was told by the bishop, get that story stopped. And she said to them, no, I won't. Mm. Like that's, it's just mind-blowing for mind blowing. for a woman like her to stand up to the church like that. It's absolutely incredible. So there's a, there's a nice little bit a little bit of footage of her in the film that you see and you know it's I'm I'm very glad that her heroism gets to be remembered um, you know as you said at the start like it's it's really all about like quiet people that you'd never guess the drama going on in their lives yeah and that they kept these 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 secrets locked away for so long as well which yeah. begs the question then you know when you went probing into this when you went to investigate how much resistance did you meet initially because I know with some of the women even you know I'm thinking of Betty particularly recalling some of the, the, the horrific things that happened to her in mother and baby homes is, is just you know she can't continue at times in the yeah. documentary was there a lot of a risk Resistance, or was there a feeling that now is the time to share some of this? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of it's an interesting question. I was very lucky because all these people were people that Mary had helped. And so they all, I think, felt um, grateful to Mary and they wanted to help her. And Mary really wanted a film to be made about Paddy, first and foremost. Yeah. So we kind of had to slip in, like, but it's also about you, Mary. <laughs> and it's also about the things that you did too. But um, so, you know, we were very, very lucky that Ahna and Betty and Norman, you know, they they did actually want to, I suppose, thank Mary and Paddy for the work they had done. But for all that, I think it was hard, especially for Betty. And, you know, there's, there's things that happen she literally can't remember. And it's mm. it's just trauma. It's pure trauma. She It's just, she's had to block that out for mm. her own self-protection and her own good. So it was a combination of being quite easy on the one hand, because these people were actually willing and happy to do that. And, and actually in the world of documentary, that's, very very rare mm. but then in the actual interviews yeah it was a little bit challenging just because Betty literally couldn't remember certain things but on the other hand I kind of always felt like that was very powerful too yeah. in know, itself and that, yeah it really yeah is. and that actually 
uh, something I really like about the way all the participants express themselves. There's never anything over the top. There's never mm-hmm. a spare word. And that's just so powerful, you know. It really uh, is. I think compared to when people express themselves nowadays or younger. I know I probably sound really old saying this, but like, there's just so much drama these days. Oh, oh there drama. is. There is. And there's such a long-winded way of getting around to, to, to things completely. Exactly. I mean, I've even done it myself. Whereas <laughs> these people who've just gone through the most shocking things possible, they they are just saying, well, wasn't nice. Yeah, <laughs> it, well, that's it what Betty... Yeah, keep saying absolutely. And I mean, in terms of Betty and and Ethna particularly, I mean, we hear so many you know stories about women that were sent off to mother and baby homes whose babies were snatched from them and you know were sent off for adoption whether they liked it or not. Betty and Ethna were very much near misses when it comes to that. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, talk to me a little bit because I don't want to reveal too much, but because I don't want to, I suppose, you know, ruin the, the, the experience for people. I know, it's a people. tricky one, isn't it? It's, I'm always conflicted. I'm like, do I tell people just what happened? Yeah. Because, you know, more people would want to see it then maybe, but at the same uh, well, time, it spoils the story. It, do, it does spoil it a, a little, but let's talk maybe in general terms. Um, let's talk about how, you know, Betty basically was shepherded off to a hairdresser's, wasn't she? Yeah. So she was brought to a hairdresser and... And she was told by the head nun of this mother and baby home in Shanross Abbey. It's in Ross Cray in Tipperary. And she was told, after you get your hair done, you're going to get on the train to Houston Station in Dublin with your baby, who is a few days old at this point. And you're going to hand that baby over to a woman. And that woman's from an adoption agency. And that woman is going to give your baby away to someone else. And then similarly, actually, it's, I think actually Edna's story is kind of oh, madder. Yeah, Edna, it really is. Edna had given birth to a baby not in a mother and baby home. And then... Uh, we, should, we should mention uh, the fact that Edna, <laughs> absolute legend that she is, uh, would not yeah. be budged, refused to go to a mother and baby home. I mean, what an absolute inspiring I know, woman. It's, she's brilliant. Oh, I just... Love Edna so much. Um, but yeah, but Edna, so Edna like stands up to them all, says, I'm not going to mother and baby home. And still her baby is taken away from her. Her baby mm. is just disappeared from her. And so in both cases, the Randalls intervened, kind of, let's say. Intervened yes. and did something incredible. But something like, amazing. Absolutely. Just, it, it, like I'm it's watching this last night, you know, just, oh, I mean, you know, it's such harrowing stories, Sinead, and we, we, we hear about the horrors and there is horrors in this documentary, but there's also great hope and triumph and, you know, love in the face of such hatred, isn't there? Yeah, no, I, I kind of, it's funny, I, I kind of keep wanting to say that you said it so well yourself. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes the title might put people off or something, mm. but there is suffering in the film, but there is actually a lot of hope and there's resistance and there's real bravery. Like the the, the realest bravery is doing something when it's actually hard to do something. And it was very, very hard to stand up to everybody in those days, the way everyone in the film did. And I just think they're brilliant. And so, yeah, I think there is actually something to celebrate about yeah. this film. Oh, there really is. If you say, if you read out the contents, people are like, mother and baby, oh, corporate punishment. Yeah. Okay. That does not sound like fun. But it, there is something to celebrate. All these people did something completely remarkable. And there's such 
wonderful, genuine people as well. So, they really are. And yeah, it's a mixture. It's a real mixture of things. There really is a mixture and they're just sitting in Navin that I didn't even under, know anything <laughs> of this was, was, was <laughs> happening. I'm the same. I didn't even know the Randall. Like, yes. It's, it's terrible. I, I just... Yeah. So thankfully, we now have this documentary that people need to see to, to see all this amazing work. Now, you know, you mentioned your brilliant feature documentary, A Mother Brings Her Son to Be Shot, which I saw. And that's oh, been, did I did. It was uh, incredible. It was you spent f- five years of uh, making in that one. Uh, I mean, this one was a, a, maybe a little bit quicker, but, you know, you're no stranger to the difficult subject matter, Sinead. So I know. I'm wondering, do, do the ch- stories that you choose to focus your lens on, do, do they keep you up at night? <laughs> um, it's funny aspects of them would but like mm. probably not the aspects you get it's more just the logistics of things I'm trying to figure out all the time you know um, like there was an awful lot of trouble getting archive for this film like, oh I can imagine yeah just, it's just so difficult <laughs> that kind of stuff um, so it would be that kind of stuff that would keep me up at night or like so the first film it was much more difficult to speak to all the people involved, mm. you know, as I was saying, and this one, you know, because Dr. Mary was kind of working with me in a way, it was so much easier to, to chat with people. Um, so, yeah, they, they kind of had different challenges. But thank you for coming to see the first one because that yeah. was uh, an obscure uh, film it was, in uh, many ways. <laughs> it was a difficult uh, watch, but uh, incre- compelling, compelling viewing. But, you know, like towards the end of this, like the amazing people in the film whose bravery you were highlighting, there's a bravery in you as well, Sinead, because as Nav and Native, you're stirring up, you know, a lot of difficult <laughs> memories, situations for people. And I know that you ponder on that in, in, the, in the film as well, you know, like th- th- these things that people maybe don't want to remember and the repercussions of that you know how do you feel about it now especially when you see that the screening next week is sold out <laughs> I, know, I know my my sister was down yesterday and she's a teacher in Navin and she's like what's going to be like and I'm just like oh. I, I mean I do think there was this American magazine and um, it started its life this film in festivals in America and um, you know they were saying she there's definitely a love for her hometown here. Yeah, so really I kind of, I do think there is, that is clear and that, you know, things are never black and white. Mm. And I think that's kind of clear by the end of the film. Yeah, oh, totally but, um, is. But on the other hand, see, I don't actually live in Nav and it's probably more of my sisters who are just like, thanks a bunch for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think that when they get to the end of it, they'll just be like, oh yeah, no, I, I think so, anyway. they, they'll they get so. to the end of it and they will feel like I say there, there'll there be tears and there will be, you know, pride, I think, as well for, for those amazing so, yeah. people. There really yeah. will. And, and I think it's just such an important work. It really is such an important work to, to highlight the Randalls and these amazing women who are, you know, uh, and Norman, of course, as well, who are sharing their stories in this. Um, it's, it's on generally release April 21st. As I mentioned, the ARC Cinema in Nav and next Tuesday that is sold out but there is going to be screenings as well in the Lighthouse um, on the 22nd yeah, of there, April there's, Yeah, there's tons of them um, so there's it'll start in Navin properly from April 21st and also in um, Dundalk from the 21st I think it's the Omniplex yep. or the IMC <laughs> we can, we can <laughs> search that really up for critical differences, actually. <laughs> and then it's in um, it's in loads of cinemas in Dublin. It's in the Lighthouse, the IFI, the Omniplex in Ratmines, uh, Santry's, Savoy, and it's in Carlo, Dundalk, Kilkenny, 
Cork and Galway. So it's, I mean, it's be I know there will be yeah, there won't be people listening to LMS in Galway. <laughs> but anyway, just in case. But just in case, you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, Sinead, it's just been a real pleasure chatting to you. I'm a, a big Thank fan so of, of the work uh, and I eager. Really appreciate your time. Not at all, and eager to see what you're going to do next. But thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for all your questions. They're great. Thanks a million. Sinead O'Shea there. Pray for our sinners. Watch out for it. It's on general release April 21st. The 11 to 1 show. There's Niall Horan with Heaven, latest one from him. I want to wish John and Sandra Collier, Ross Mean in Kells, a very happy 36th wedding anniversary today. Coming in from your bestie, have a great day. 36 years, oh, that's great. I hope you're celebrating with something nice, John and Sandra. Collier in Ross Mean in Kells, County Mead. Now it's time for this. LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Clonmore, an intellectual disability service requires carers in the Mead area. Please apply with your CV to info at clonmore.ie. That's C-L-A-N-N-M-O-R dot I-E. You can also call them 86 603-6222. Don't forget all of the details of the jobs are on the local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Getting back to some of your messages on 086-1800-658 about your name. We were talking about this earlier on and one in 10 Irish adults admit they would change their first name if they were given an opportunity. A lot of people think maybe that the name is too traditional, a bit old fashioned, that kind of thing. Christine says, I used to hate my name, thought it was a bit boring, but I grew to love it. Christine's a great name. Yeah, but then do, you, like, do people mind then if, you know, your name is shortened? Like, would people call you Chris? Does that annoy you then as well? I don't know. Uh, Layla is my name. Yes, the Eric Clapton song was sung to me a lot, uh, but I love my name now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if you or we used to, there was a girl that I knew called Annie and we used to just kind of sing, you fill up my senses and all that to her. That can happen as well with names, absolutely. Wouldn't change my name for anything. It's Jessica, but definitely not Jess or Jesse. Okay, so there's somebody that doesn't want their name shortened. Thank you so much for sending those in. Would you change your name? If you were given the chance, do you think your name is old fashioned? 086 1800 658. Just got word there that yes, Pray for Our Sinners will be screened in IMC Dundalk from April 21st. Okay, so if you want to catch it there, it's IMC Cinema Dundalk on April 21st. There's the Eagles, take it easy. Hope you're taking it easy for the rest of your afternoon. That is my lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon and I'll chat to you tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show. With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. The best in motoring here for you.